Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Masters as they travel the Vortex and arrive at episode 521. It must be hard to be a villain these days now that everybody's at it. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Have you got all the... Uh, are, you, are you moved in yet, or are you guys still closing? We are waiting to close. We should be closing on Friday. Friday. I knew it was coming up, and but then, I couldn't remember when you said. Yeah, it actually got moved up a couple days just because we could. But we're going to do some stuff around the house first before we move in, like replace ceiling fans mm-hmm. and do some painting, peel some wallpaper... And then take our time kind of moving and setting things up so that once we're living in there, we're just already set up and ready to go. Well, that's good. Because we have that luxury. And yeah. my kids really like living with Peepa and Grandma. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you guys watch anything uh, this week? Wait a minute. Before we go there, has everybody seen a certain Marvel film? I did not get a chance to go see it. Ah. Uh. With Mother's Day weekend, it was a little busy. Uh, Come on, we all got moms and wives. (laughs) (laughs) Just couldn't squeeze it in. All right, we'll hold off. That's what we wound up doing for Mother's Day. (laughs) We'll hold off on our review. Actually, you guys can talk about it in non-spoiler terms. Well, here's the thing: we, which is what we would have done anyways. Mother's Day weekend did was going to get in the way for us as well, so. What happened was we originally, Caitlin was coming down. She came down on Saturday. She wasn't able to come back on Friday because she had something at school. And Holly had gotten us tickets for um, the Helen Hawker show, um, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, which, by the way, was a great show. Thoroughly enjoyed it. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's really good. It's really fun and really funny. And uh, the, the main leads in that were so talented. They were so good. But she got tickets for that. But she got tickets for two separate nights because Mason was going to Worlds of Fun on Saturday with his school, with school class. So Holly and Mason went to see the show on Friday. And then when Caitlin got back on Saturday, her and I went and saw the show Saturday night. So we were leaving it to chance that we were going to be able to pick up Doctor uh, Doctor Strange on Sunday and Caitlin kind of, I think it was Thursday uh, realized that she had to be back for a uh, recital not hers, but one of the senior recitals because she's a music education major and so they're required to go to all of the senior recitals as part of their mm. class or part of their course and so she was going to have to be back. So we were thinking, oh, there's a good chance that Mason, it'll just be Mason and I and maybe Holly on Sunday. And so I got to looking at the, I, I started seeing people going, wow, yay, it was good. And I was like, oh, no. So Thursday <laughs> night I got to looking on my app at B&B and I went, you know, Mason, there is a 1030 show. And he said, well, let's go. <laughs> and so I said, okay. So I bought tickets because I thought, okay, well, I'll buy, take, buy tickets. We'll watch them tonight. I'm going to go twice for sure anyway. So then we'll, we'll go on Sunday, take uh, at least Holly because Caitlin was going to be able to go. And then 
we so we went, we saw it, and then Holly decided, well, why don't we just wait until next weekend when Caitlin's back for good for the summer, and then all of us could go then. So Holly hasn't seen it yet. She said she could wait another week because she's not as you know geeky and into it as we are. She is she is enjoying them and she's seen everything, but. Uh, so I got to see it and I got to see it opening night and I was glad because, oh my gosh, I don't know how you're avoiding spoilers, Keith. Avoiding social media like I, I always do. I guess. <laughs> I mean, every, everywhere I, now granted, I'm not avoiding it actively. So maybe I'm just seeing twice as much as I, I would if I was avoiding it, but it's everywhere. You have to be extremely careful right now because yeah. i'm seeing spoilers like in the titles of yeah. youtube videos yeah well it's not even just that i was seeing it youtube videos on thursday and friday or friday i guess friday and saturday because i didn't get on youtube at all on thursday knowing that that might happen but then friday i was seeing articles from news places that had thumbnails and spoilers in their title and i thought wow, oh, wow. you didn't even wait 24 hours before you started spoiling this thing we're anyway, planning on going on Sunday, so hopefully I can well, keep avoiding spoilers until then. We may run into you, although we, I think we may end up going Saturday afternoon now that I think about mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I will warn you, it, it leans into the horror a bit. It's very much, uh, I don't know, I would say the last third of it is really kind of very much Evil Dead. <laughs> um but uh, in a good way, don't get me wrong. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there were two surprises that I was aware of because of trailers. And there was two surprises sure that I'm I was... aware of one of those. Yeah, I'm sure you are too. And there were two surprises that I was totally caught off guard on. So that was a pleasant surprise. Um, it, does <laughs> it does have its issues, but I will save those for when we all talk about it more in depth and spoilery. I don't think I'd want to spoil it for anybody this week anyway until next week until more people have gotten a chance to see it anyway but i really yeah. liked it it was it was i'm glad Raimi did it because it feels like a Raimi film but it also doesn't take it out of the marvel universe feel so it still feels like a marvel film but it feels like a different film because Raimi it's got so much of Raimi's touch on it and in fact it's it feels kind of unpolished unlike a lot of the marvel films it has an unpolished feel but in a good way not that it's mm. it's sloppy, but it's just there's some edge to it that you don't normally see in a Marvel film. And it's almost kind of a refreshing step back and go, oh, wow, we can do different things with, you know. And, and I think they've done different things with Marvel films, but this one really is a, a, a great, is, is really good evidence for being able to really do something different. Part of that, I think, is the, the, the horror undertones um, or overtones, depending on how... Well, I think it's over. I think it's over. <laughs> I think it's over um, because yeah, tonally it's it's very it's a very different feel um, for a Marvel movie, um, and that's very much laid at the feet of Raimi because of how he's put it together. Uh, we both enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it more than Mel did, and I did not enjoy it as much as the first one. But I really liked Doctor Strange. We rewatched it. Um, we, we did a rewatch of all the Doctor Strange appearances leading up to to this one, and I've decided that uh, the the first Doctor Strange is probably one of my favorite Marvels. I've just really enjoyed that outing for whatever reasons. Um, so I don't think I enjoyed it as much as that one. Huh. Um, and as Glenn said, yeah, there's a couple of hither and yons that could be nitpicked, but overall it's an enjoyable movie. 
You guys see anything else? Watch anything else? We've been on a uh, another um, uh, Stranger Things marathon, catching up before the new season drops later this month. Well, Mel and I also got out and finally rewatched everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Let me tell you, if you are going to go out to the theaters and see a story about the multiverse, go see this. <laughs> Don't bother with Doctor Strange. Go see this one. <laughs> it is amazing. It is so incredible and funny and awesome and well done. And uh, I could gush for hours about <laughs> what this movie is. Um, I won't, but I could, because it's that good. Um, wow, yeah, every everything. I believe the hype. Everything. Yeah, I've I've to say I've I've heard nothing but good things. I haven't heard any negatives about that film whatsoever. Yeah, I think I have either. Everything you've heard is 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 spot on. It is is just amazing. Um, and it, it's it's one of those movies that it's it's one of those rare few that like as soon as it was over. And don't get me wrong, it's dense. It's one of those you kind of almost, you don't go when you're tired because you get you really have to pay attention to it. But as soon as it was over, I was ready to turn around and watch it again. Wow. I mean, it, it's got that kind of impact to it. Um, but it's beautiful and heartwarming, and it's not just Michelle Yeoh kicks everybody in the multiverse's butt, even though that's a large chunk of it. <laughs> um, and it's it, full of this oddball humor and... Uh, James Wong, who just got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, is in it, and he's amazing. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, and she's amazing. It just on down the line, everybody in it was golden. And it's got this great family drama at the core of it. I could go on and on and on about this one. <laughs> we also saw The Lost City with uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah. Which is a very cute kind of update of romancing the stone because uh, she plays a romance novelist um, and he is her uh, Fabio like cover model and uh, she gets kidnapped and he has to go rescue her. The problem is he is pretty much the literal definition of a himbo uh, who doesn't have two brain cells to rub together and uh, <laughs> she's kind of carrying him and the movie and <laughs> All of the the situations that they get into, um, but it was it was cute. If you're looking for a a, a light romantic uh, uh, action comedy, that was it was a cute one. So nice. vastly different ends of the scale there between those two. But <laughs> I read a couple of books. Uh, the first one Here I comes read the literary book. guy going to make us all look bad with what he did. Right? Yeah. They're young adult novels. Miss um, Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. How is that? Have you seen the movie? How does it? I have not out? seen the movie, mm. but the book is really good. Way better than I thought it would be. Um, it literally takes probably a third of the book even to meet any of the peculiar children, but I'm so, I was so engrossed by the story they were telling leading up to that, that I didn't mind. And I would have been okay. Had it not, had it been a situation where there actually weren't any peculiar children, <laughs> like it was all a misdirect, but it winds up not being that way. And it has a 
somewhat of a time travel aspect to it, which I didn't know about going into it. So it was overall, I was thoroughly impressed and really, really enjoyed it and read it really fast, which is a sign of how much I enjoyed it. So I eventually, once we probably get moved and settled, I'll try to watch the movie before I read the second book. Cause now I want it, to, it leaves it in a place where I'm okay. Well, now I've got to go on and read more because I got to know what happens. Hmm. I was gonna, um, so if you, I was going to read the book and then I saw the film and I didn't like the film. So <laughs> I, I, not that I didn't think that the book would be good because I've heard a lot of people rave about the book, but I saw the film and it kind of almost turned me off of it for a while. And I thought, well, I'll go read it sometime, but I kind of, the, the excitement of reading it kind of went away. So I just hadn't revisited it yet. So based on well, your, let me watch the movie and I'll tell you, if it's in line with <laughs> well, the book or if they really butchered it. <laughs> based on your recommendation, I think I'll go back because I'm still a little intrigued to find out what the differences are. But hmm. I enjoyed the movie. I didn't hate well, it. I just didn't think it was the, it was great. What's cool about the book is he wrote it kind of around a lot of these pictures he had found. Some that he wound up doctoring, but a lot of mm-hmm. them were just standard old pictures found in antique shops and junk stores and all sorts of different things that he just collected and wrote a story around them. So it's a really cool kind of original concept that the movie probably doesn't do to justice because of that aspect of it. Gotcha. But it's kind of overall a good plot too. So it's not just a gimmick of I'm going to write a story around these pictures that he put a thoughtful plot into it that has a lot more depth than I also thought it would. So cool. I also read star Wars queen queen's hope, the latest Padme book. And unfortunately it is not as good as the first two. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know if it's because of where they placed the story. It just feels like it was unnecessary and kind of a, it, it, it ties up a little bit of the, the Sabe, or however you say her name, uh, Kira Knightley's character's plot, but I felt like it had been resolved fairly well at the end of the second book. So a lot of this, some of this is, you know, exploring how Padme feels about the new marriage to Anakin, and it's kind of what you'd expect how she'd feel about it. So it's... <laughs> It's not like anything relevatory or anything super surprising or anything that really sheds light on something I didn't feel like I knew about. Mm. I mean, there's some, there is some kind of cool stuff and some cool uh, political maneuverings, but for the most part, it was kind of a run of the mill, not very exciting action story with a little bit of politics mixed in. Mm. So kind of a disappointing end to the trilogy. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. 
right. Well, let's move on to. We've got some news this week that we can react to. News. <laughs> what news? There's no news. No news. Probably the biggest news that's uh, come out for a while. I was actually, I was kind of surprised because Sean, you po- posted a photo that had a TARDIS and it had May fourteenth, and I thought, oh, that's when they're going to announce the Doctor. Then apparently, presumably. And I, I was torn by that because I thought, well, that's kind of early. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that closer to the centenarian? And then I thought, well, maybe it it's better to do it now and get all of the dialogue and discussion out early, so that then we can kind of set it aside and enjoy the centenarian. And then I thought, well, I still don't know what I think about. And by that time, it it dropped. And then I thought, well, well, I caught t- totally off of guard because. You had implied that it was going to be on the 14th. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what uh, BBC's marketing plan is at this point. I just, uh, <laughs> well, I guess I, we'll, I, we'll have to wait I for the 14th. <laughs> Maybe there's a bigger announcement on the 14th. <laughs> so um, I'd like to offer up, uh, be, be the, the first on our team to offer up our hearty congratulations to James Corden. <laughs> 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 Anybody fall for that one? No, no, not at all. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. No, if it had been anybody else but Stephen Colbert, I probably might have gone. Oh, well, that's a possibility. But when it was Anybody Colbert, really I worried about I, that one. <laughs> no, well, I, you know, I he gets a hard rap, but I I still like James Corden. I think uh, I think I would have given him a shot. I don't know that that would have been my first pick, but I thought I he would have been fine. But I, at no point after it was Steve Colbert that did that, I was like, okay, that's a joke. There's no way they would let it drop that way. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's leaving his show. Oh, he's moving back to England. Oh, we're announcing the new doctor. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I, I, I think, I think Gordon gets vast amounts of hate that probably is not totally deserved. Um, but on the other hand, he has done some things that are like, dude, really? Um, do I want him as the doctor? Eh, he wouldn't be my first choice. <laughs> so I, I was kind of celebrating for multiple reasons <laughs> when, <laughs> when this news dropped. Which uh, we learned this week that uh, Shudi Gatwa will be the next doctor. Yay! I Hooray. I think that's great, but kind of just surfacely because I don't know anything about this guy. As much British television as I watch, I've never seen anything with it with him. I've watched a few interviews recently, and he seems like a genuinely nice guy, and I think he's he has the has the fit. But um, I just I don't know that much about him, so I'm excited that we have an announcement, but I don't know anything about him. So maybe one of you guys know more about him than I do. I know I didn't know an announcement was coming. I didn't even see the May 14th thing, so I was what they announced the new doctor. Whoa, okay. And who is this dude? <laughs> Those were my two reactions. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> and even doing of- some research of what has he done, I've never heard of him before in my life. Yeah, kind of the same boat. I, I was explaining off mic that uh, I, I've had the uh, Netflix show Sex Education in my uh, watch list for, well, since it came out, um, mainly because I love and adore Julian Anderson. Um, 
and uh, I like Ezra Butterfield as well. So I was really kind of excited for the show. I just hadn't gotten around to watching it yet. And then finding out that, oh, he's in this. Oh, okay. Well, now it's moved up a little bit higher on my to watch list. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'll get to watch it before anything, you know, who happens. Um, well, you got a, uh, you got a full year. Well, I guess not. We'll probably, don't you suppose we'll get the regeneration now? We'll see it. Probably. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming we'll. that we'll get it in, yeah. the, in the centennial. But um, See, and I thought, <laughs> I saw, oh, Sex Education Star, and I thought, is that that show with Jillian Jacobs? <laughs> so I had no idea what, even what Sex Education on the show was. <laughs> All I can tell you is that, uh, you know, Russell T. Davies was excited uh, and said that he blew him away in the audition, and that's that's good enough for me. That ticks the number one box on my list, which is... A good actor. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Also, I've and seen. It is, it is kind of nice that it is aside from this one part. It's a it's a unknown actor, so it's giving somebody fairly unknown a bigger break than what he had previously. Even though he's gotten a uh, probably, I think he said he got won a BAFTA or something. Yeah, he has a BAFTA. Um, so he has some experience, but he's still. I think his saturation isn't very big, so he can really enter the role without a lot of the previous role his other previous role baggage no there's not going to be as much comparison of oh well yeah he's doing it like this or doing like that right i've seen a lot of uh brits that are familiar with him that i i know or or follow that are are all very very pleased with the choice and so i have to kind of trust that as well and, and all of what you guys said Time will tell. We'll see where we're going to go with it, uh, with uh, Russell T. Davis returning as showrunner, and then uh, Shudi Gatwa as the Doctor. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. And I think it is also nice that we have a, a person of color in the role in a recurring situation. Yeah, I just say not the first, but <laughs> reoccurring, reoccurring yes, yes. <laughs> and ongoing more than big more than just two more than just two episodes of the series. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited we have another Scott. Yeah, this is number three, right? There's... I wonder if he'll get to keep his accent or if Russell T. Davies will pull a David Tennant and make him lose it. Four, it? it is four, yeah, because uh, I, I was leaving, um, uh, believe it or not, I was leaving um, Peter Capelli out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second most Scott of them all. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> one of my favorites of the new Doctors, and I completely forgot. <laughs> Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right, well, shall we move on to our review? Yeah, let's get this stinker over with. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I, I foreshadowed a little bit there, didn't I? <laughs> the war master. Yeah, you, you've done this before. <laughs> What's that about dead horses? Yeah. Kind <laughs> of my thing. What can I say? <laughs> the War Master Anti Genesis. Oh, 
coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The War Master, Anti-Genesis. Hear me, my brothers and sisters. Hear me. This is a final plea to you all. Death is... Eating my soul. My journey is is at an end, so please, I beg of you from the bottom of my heart, please, grant me a final, final resting place with full Time Lord honors. I repent my sins. I am broken. Have pity on me. Have pity on... the Master. Oh! Big Finish. We love stories. Well, Novin, what happened? Madam President, I am satisfied. I have witnessed the Master's final and utter destruction. Um, I want somebody, somebody I, I want somebody else to go first because I think I'm maybe in the same boat as Sean. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I think, well... <laughs> Here's the thing. This should be, I should be, you and I should for sure, should be all about this box set. This should, this, this is just screams, you know, everything that should be right with us. But it starts out, I think, very strong. And I even think the first two stories, as you kind of alluded to, are, are good. I think it, I think it, it, yeah, it gets chaotic in the third one and I'm not still not sure I know what happened. And then the, the, the fourth one just sort of feels like it fizzles out. But that being said, my first problem with this was anti-Genesis codes. That's a little too on the nose because <laughs> Genesis of the Daleks is a terrific title because it says everything you need to know about the story. This is the Genesis of the Daleks. This is their beginning. This is how they came to be. Anti-Genesis is okay for a title for this because it's like, oh, hey, guess what? We're changing this. We're putting it on its head. But then to incorporate that into the, the story and actually call this these codes the anti-Genesis codes, that put me off because I thought you're just, I, you know, and that's, that is a Nicholas Briggs thing. He, he sort of does that. He does a little, like, meta references every once in a while and stuff. And sometimes I think they work, but I think there's more times than not we've called him out and said, uh, you're, you're getting a little too fan service there. But, and, and this thing reeks. Title, not as a yeah, exactly. This Correct. thing reeks of fan service, and I'm okay with a lot of it because there there is a lot of great stuff and things that I love, and I me going yeah, you know, kind of things as things happened in the first part. So I was that that was my first complaint about it early on, and that was kind of it because I I kind of like where they went with it. I like the idea of the Dalek, the Dalek, the Master fake faking his death. Uh, ended up uh, infiltrating, you know, Gallifrey, earning the trust of Narvin that he's dead, not trusting the master, but to trust that he's dead. <laughs> uh, going the roundabout away because Narvin does not believe it at first. Um, and then, you know, infiltrating the Matrix, going finding these codes. I was okay with the codes existing. I just, the, the name of them was silly. Um, all of that was just great. And then putting that 
you know, plan in place where he's going to go back. And of course, I'm just brushing everything over, but he, he's going to go back and he's going to infiltrate the Daleks and, and he's going to, you know, uh, knock off Davros so that he can be the creator of the Daleks. All this, all that was great. I was having a grand time. It was, it was a fun ride. Uh, Derek Jacoby was, or Jacoby was doing, there I did it. You guys got me doing it. Derek, Derek <laughs> Jacoby was doing a fantastic job. I absolutely love his master. Everything's good. Narvin, uh, even the little sniveling guy that uh, was the master's, uh, the right hand man, I can't remember what his name was. Uh, he That person was Crassless. great. Crassless. What was it? Crassless. Crassless. That guy was great. I loved him as well. I, so everything was good. It's just when. And then we have this. Episode three is the problem. So the thing is, we have this. What I considered, what I felt like was going to be the pentacle of what I felt was going to be the greatest story I'd listened to, is when we're introduced to Mark Gaddis's, or we're reintroduced to Mark Gaddis's Unbound Doctor. When they were setting this up with him. And I sort of knew where they were probably going to go with this. I was excited. I was ecstatic. I thought, oh my gosh, not only have we got this really terrific, fun, fan service story, now we've got to bring in a, a master from another universe in order to really ramp things up and, and, and just really... And then it goes on some weird chaotic quest that I still honestly have no idea what was happening. There was a, a lot of wiggly wobbly timey wimey stuff going on. It, it just well, here, here's it, the problem with the third episode is none of it matters. Exactly. Absolutely yeah. You're absolutely right. It's it's because filler. they go on this quest to find this uh shockwave progenitor, which is a very Dalek name. <laughs> which I was okay with that. That name. And they fail over and over and over yeah. again and all it's just a process of elimination oh it's not narvin oh it's not livia oh it's not the master it's how they could have skipped all of that and they could have shown up and been like we've been trying to do this or we've just know this is the cause they didn't need this roundabout way to get there the only saving grace of it is hearing mark gatiss's master because he was such a delight yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely but once they, I was able to put up with all the nonsense until it was revealed that none of it mattered. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It just at the end, it, and that's was what was deflating about it was not only was it confusing, but then yeah, when at the end it, it when it doesn't really matter and it just feels like a we've thrown this in here to make this three you know an extra part longer. We need to fill our four part quota. Yeah, I was the same way. I was let down by that. And the idea of a shockwave of rippling through and the things changing and not settling until, you know, that's a cool idea. It just needed to have an impact and have it, have it matter. Yeah. Or explored in a different way. And then, and even in episode four, where it kind of has a lackluster finale, the idea that the master is bored because he actually won is a really cool idea. Yeah, it's just on the heels of that. It's like, well, we just went through all of this other stuff, and now it doesn't. It it took the wind out of the sails once you realize that Dang. going into part four. 
because part four I, I, I had didn't really have any problems with as it in and of itself well and we had but, it been like part three and moved up and a three a three part story i think this entire thing probably would have been a whole bit a big a much better box set. well that's just it we start we start uh story three maybe this is what you meant but we start story three with a master who everything is gone and he's basically got everything that he wants and of course the tables are then again turned on him because his servants end up you know <laughs> killing him, them, them betraying him yeah. killing, killing each other so that he has nothing left and then he has to wait and wait and wait and i thought that was an intriguing idea as well this is a master that's not only has everything that he ever wanted but now it's been taken away from him and he's just got to sit there and wait until well, well, for eternity, presumably, but he does, you know, he is quote unquote rescued from his dimension or his universe. Um, then here's the other thing, though, that I have a problem and it's a little bit noticeable and I can't quite put my finger on why, but it's a little noticeable in the first two stories. And this is not to undermine uh, Jacoby's performance, because I think he's just right on track and on the nose the whole time. But I think there's a there's something in the writing because there's something about the master that feels a bit naive. And it it it's it's like it shouldn't he shouldn't feel as naive as he becomes, especially in the last two stories. It's almost as though his his ego becomes so inflated that he can't see the forest for the trees. And I think that the master can get that way short term. But I can't see him staying that, especially the war master, as crafty as he has been. I can't see him being so naive once he has achieved this goal. I can't I, I can't see it. It just seems to digress into, OK, I, I'm starting to not believe that this is the war master anymore. Does that make sense? On even even down more more in my opinion of the the lack of belief that he can fundamentally change the daleks enough that they won't turn on him yeah yeah i can fully believe that he would that he would you know he would win and then not know what to do with himself because he won right i can fully believe that naivety because the villain never thinks of that i mean they want to conquer the universe and then what's left after you've conquered everything well, right nobody thinks about what that is going to be like um, but the, the naivety of the Daleks turning on him because they did it to Davros. Yeah, so he's yeah. not going to do it to him. I mean, he should know that. And the fact that he doesn't recognize that, yeah, is, uh, I think, a flaw in the writing. And that's probably what it is because mm -hmm. I even, I mean, I as the listener know that the, the, the Daleks, because we, because we know Genesis of the Daleks, because we know all of the history that Davros has had with the Daleks, we know that 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 happens. And so why is it going to be any different with the master? And why is the master think it's going to be any different, especially since he orchestrates his plan and basically takes his uh, plan for the Daleks right out of Davros's playbook. So mm -hmm. he should have exact he should have known exactly if he was going to recreate or, or be the, the creator of the Daleks and, and, and rewrite history, he should have done things differently. He should have put fail-saves in place so that they didn't have a chance to rebel against him. Sean, you've been you awful are, quiet. You, you guys are hitting every single complaint that I have with this. Um, 
it, 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 it it's a great idea. It is a brilliant concept. And like you, I thought anti-Genesis, and I didn't quite get it until we got into the second part even and realized we were on Scaro and, oh, my nephew Darver. And then I went, oh, oh, okay, I see where you're going with this. Then it was clever. The anti-Genesis codes, of all of the MacGuffins and all of Doctor Who, this is legitimately one of the dumbest. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's just... Okay, so am I to understand that these codes are specifically for the genesis of the Daleks? Or are they no, just the more impression... powerful codes that you could use for anything to get wherever you needed to go? I think that's what it is. I think that's, that's what they are. Also, that's that's where also they... why it doesn't make sense for it to be called anti-genesis code. Yeah, well, that's why they, 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 that's where they're trying to imply. But all along, I'm thinking, well, if you're fighting an, a war against the Daleks, your ultimate enemy, and you've got this ace card up your sleeve, you use it earlier than later. And nobody thinks to do that. I think this would be this is so much better of a plan than the moment. Let's just wipe the Daleks out from the get go and just end this war altogether. Now, you can argue that there's going to be paradoxes and repercussions and things like that. And that's probably why they hid these away, because it wasn't going to work. But nobody even entertained the thought of using these before the master decided he was going to get in there and take them and and just rewrite everything. I just and, and that, that didn't set well with mine, me. Honestly, a, a larger problem that I kind of have with this, and and one of the reasons I think in the back of my head, when I used to say I don't want to know anything about the time war, I'm happy with it just being a thing that I don't know anything about. This is one of the reasons why. So we've gone through the the prologue in the first act here, and well, part of the first act anyway, and we're referring to it as the time war. Which is convenient, because as fans, we know what this is. But within the confines of the war, I don't think they'd call it that, at least not at this stage. Because this is the first moment where we're talking about going back and fiddling with time. And we've got all these, as Narvin says, unspoken rules about it. Which is dumb. Because the, the Daleks don't adhere to any set rules. I mean, come on. They, 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 there's an unspoken one least of all. I mean, it's, that's like saying, oh, we signed a treaty. We're not going to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. But, so so we, we've got these unspoken rules that we're not going to meddle with time. So let me get this straight. You've got these two gigantic time-traveling species that are having this massive war. But she ain't going to time travel. Uh-huh. Sure. But we're, we're going to call it a time war, even though there's no time travel allowed. Okay. Well, I don't think that's the... That's not what they're saying is the unwritten rule. They're still time travel, and there's still time weapons being deployed, which is why they're calling it the time war. It's but we the open... going back and rewriting the history of... A race is what's but that's just it. We, we open with the, uh, I can't think of her name, but the, the commander wanting to fire a time torpedo. Great naming convention, by the way. <laughs> um, so that she can undo the course of that battle. And they come down on her like a ton of bricks and say it's forbidden. Lamarius. So obviously, thank you. 
So obviously those temporal weapons are not being used at this stage, at least not in that fashion. So this is just one of those little things. It's a niggle, I know. But my brain is going, this is the equivalent of saying we're in the middle of World War II while we're still fighting World War II before it would have been classified World War II. You know what I mean? It just, yeah, it's it's a contrivance and I get it. I understand why you had to do it the way you did it, but it just doesn't work for it. And I always, I always felt like the time war was not ever really initially named by the Daleks or the Gallifreyans. To me, I felt the time war was named by those systems that were being affected by it. Those, those, those races and species and stuff that were casualties of this, you know, unwilling, unwitting, uh, participants in it. They're the ones that were calling it the time war. Bingo. So that's, that's the first problem. And then the second problem is, okay. So like Glenn said, you've got this and you know, we, we've already established per Genesis of the Daleks, the Time Lords are not above this kind of action. Right, exactly. Which is funny that you... Why do you have these unspoken rules? Which is funny that you are... You're you're taking this story and you're writing it around the other story. So you're calling attention to the fact that the, the, the Time Lords tried to wipe out the Daleks one time already and they have these codes and they're not doing it themselves. They've got to have the Doctor do their dirty work, but they're going to hide these codes off and not do anything with them? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it just the, 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 the whole that the whole house of cards kind of goes, eh, and it, it falls apart because it's a contrivance to the plot, and that is the number one repeated sin that this story yeah does. Yeah, you mentioned the master and how naive he is. He's not, but the story needed him to be. Right, right. So we're going to make him naive. And 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 we see that throughout this four parter that whenever something comes up that, well, we can't really do it that way. We need to do it this way for the sake of the plot. Well, we're just going to dumb that character down, or we're going to make this happen because, or we're going to do that just so we can keep. It's like guys, that you you cannot sacrifice character for plot. That, that that's right. not how this works. You can get away with Especially something with these characters. Well, you can get away with something definitely like that in the first set, the first introduction of the War Master. You get away with that. You can even get away mm-hmm. with it up until the second box set that you release. Yeah. But when you're doing this by your fourth or fifth box box set, then you've you're you haven't done your research. You haven't looked back at what you've already established. Yeah. Once you once you've uh, once you've got this character fully grown and now admittedly there's a little timey-wimey going on because we're listening to these slightly out of order even still this is box set this is box set number four still this is box set number four within the confines of what they did and i don't know how much plotted scripting was going on at big finish ahead of time based on where i'm at on the next bit of homework it seems like there was quite a bit because listening to a story that was released previous to this by a fair amount, this story is referenced. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this like, okay. They, they, you're, you're absolutely right. Because that, in fact, that is why we're doing it this way. Because some, a lot of the stuff that takes place in the box set Gallifrey Time War that's referred back to, this was an intention to go back and fill a lot of that in. And it's my understanding that this isn't the only reference that we're going to get in the coming. Uh, episodes and that's what are the yeah the, the coming stuff that we're going to listen to so 
Yeah, you're right. But they they certainly had an idea. That makes it even more unforgivable. Yeah. Because you should have had the roadmap out. You 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 can't do that just because it's a cool idea. Right. You've got to bend the idea to fit the character at this point. And they didn't do it throughout the for throughout the story, and it was so infuriating. So there was that. Um honestly, the the whole we're gonna go on this quest to get these codes through the matrix. Most of that I could have done without. That, you could have easily gotten them. Yeah, there was a. I mean, don't get me wrong. The heist bit with the master faking his death and everything. Okay, that was cool. That was all great. But then getting into the matrix and living out a, a, a thousand years of lifetimes. Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, oh, I I liked I it. Didn't need it. I liked it. And and he'd only been gone three minutes. I thought that was kind of cool too. I, I I actually liked that. It was sort of, and I think maybe I liked it because it was early on, and so it's it's you know you're you're just getting your feet wet on a story, and they kind of they it, it almost feels like they're kind of taking us into it slowly because we don't get a lot of master there until you know most of the way through it when when, when it's revealed that uh, it's it's he's disguised as uh, what was it Krasless Krasless yeah yeah. Um, so Igor. I, I, yeah, I liked that. It was kind of cool. I don't know that I was full. I didn't know that that was the master, but I wasn't fooled by the, by the plot or by the plan, but I, I enjoyed that. I didn't have a problem with that. So, yeah, I like the fact that it kind of took its time getting to the kind of the meat of him taking over, creating the Daleks. It was kind of a nice build up, going to that kind of taking its time. I, I had no issues with the first part really. I also found myself kind of confused over and again maybe this is one of those things that will be explained but Narvin is acting coordinator of the CIA yeah what happened to what happened to Romana because she's not president and she's not CIA at the moment so she's out of the picture I don't know I'm assuming once again that this will be explained at, at some point later the other thing that the bigger picture that this still kind of bothers me with is I feel like we're, we're missing a fairly vital segment of when the master flipped. Because while I agree with you guys from our discussion last time that the master is always working for his own best interests, the early stories, specifically in the prologue, it still felt like while he was working in his own best interests, he was still working in his own best interests that would also benefit Gallifrey. Yeah. He was quote, last, unquote, fighting the war. Right. Yes. The last couple of stories have been flat out, screw you guys, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> and I don't care any, I, I don't I don't give a fig about anything. And, and this is going to be how it's going to go. And I, I would like to have known what the inciting incident was that caused that flip. We don't get it, at least, again, not yet. So there's a part of me that feels like I maybe need to reserve a little bit of judgment until I get to that point. Maybe they'll go back and fill it in for me, but it, it also makes some of these stories feel a little rudderless because the master's just out there being the master, but it's not the master that we started off with. So there's Which in considering the Gallifrey time war box that we started with the one where we ended it was we got to go get the master. He's the only one who could do this. Yeah. And at this point in the master's timeline, I don't see why he would even agree to go help them. Yeah. It's almost like some of this gotten somehow got out of order when it shouldn't have. Yeah. Again, yeah. like, like Sean said, they had the roadmap. Why aren't they following it? Right. So there's that. 
Um, the second part is the strongest, I think, of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, agreed. We're directly, you know, balancing on the, the, the head of the pen that is Genesis of the Daleks. Now, admittedly, it's also got the most fan service in it. Yeah. But it's just oh. overall i think it was the most enjoyable well right down but to the comes... right down to the title of this story which was the master's <laughs> dalek plan yeah yeah but then again it falls apart based on the you're just going to take credit for this without actually implementing any changes like you you didn't build a, a self destruct mechanism into the daleks so that in case they turned on you you could push a button and blow them all up or you you didn't uh, you and know change the genetic code so they'd be more loyal to you. Yeah, or 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 uh, you, you didn't make the post hypnotic suggestion more strong. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned at one point in time reconditioning, but you never actually followed through with it. You just kind of yeah, we're just going to do this, and you 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 mutated the collards. You did the just chapter and verse, not na 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 na, right down the line of of what was going to happen, and it was like. This seems exceptionally short-sighted, yeah. knowing what we as the audience know about the Daleks, but also what the Master should, should know <laughs> about the Daleks. Yeah. Okay, I'm willing to go along for the ride to see what happens. Oh, and then I'm going to take a 20-year nap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a bit weird, and then, he comes back. then he comes back. All right, here we go. This is the reason we're... Go kill this guy. What do you... Oh... And that's when the fan meter kind of peaked. <laughs> that, that was when, I mean, that was realistically, that for me, that was kind of the pinnacle of the story is, oh, this is Tom and, and, and Harry and, and, and Sarah. They're yep. out plans right this second. Yep. Okay, this is going to get... <laughs> oh, is that it? We're, we're not even going to, we're just going to... Holy crap, man. We're just going, we're off script now. All right. Well, I'm along for the ride. Let's see where we go. <laughs> Unfortunately, where we go is nowhere. Yeah. As Keith points out. So part three comes along. And I'll be honest, I, I knew I recognized the master. It wasn't until after I was done that I looked it up and went Mark Gatiss. And that's when I put two and two together and went, oh, it's that master. So that was very cool. And I, and I I liked the fact that, that he came along because I, I did enjoy his master immensely when we did the Unbound. Um, and he, he's a very fun um, version. I wish they'd have had more to do together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. So much of that rigmarole episode, <laughs> nothing mattered. The the whole, if we can find this guy, we'll stop the shockwaves. Okay. We didn't find the guy. We lost some more Daleks. And we still didn't find the person. We lost some more Daleks. And we do it again. We lost some more Daleks. And it it just got to the point where it's, I don't care anymore. You're, and you're they not, obviously you're not that over, fun. Yeah, and they obviously skipped over some of it because they referenced, well, we tried to kill the master and that didn't do it. When was that one? That's yeah. the heist I want to see. I don't I don't care about Narvin. That, that would have been far more interesting than going because to the, backwardsville Gallifrey where we're living in and because the whole time I was screaming, It's the master. He's the shockwave progenitor. How is this not obvious? Now of course that winds up not being the case, but it's still how was that not your first step and why did we not see that? Yeah. Because they said we we even tried to kill the master when 
<laughs> Include that part. So, all of the momentum, all of the, 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 the epic and the fan and the yay, just, uh, you, uh, you said it best, Keith, the wind gets sucked out of those sails. Just, whew, and we are, we are a sailing ship stuck in this quagmire of still seas because we are going nowhere and nothing happens. And as charming and interesting as Mark Gaddis's master is, it wasn't enough to lift us out of the doldrums. There was just nothing happening. So finally we get to part four, and I'm hopeful. Because what should have been the penultimate is like, ugh, maybe this will fix it. And it doesn't. Because we set this whole thing up with this brilliant idea. What if the master wins? That is such a great concept. Mm-hmm. That is such an ingenious idea. What if he wins? He's got the armies to back him up. He's, con- he's, he's conquered the universe. He's destroyed everything. He's killed everyone. He wins. Now what? And yet at no point in time did we get the line. When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. That's the perfect place to use it, and we never got it. Yeah. <laughs> and... What the master needs is to gloat. He he needs to be able to lord this over somebody. And he doesn't have anybody. He's got the Daleks, which they don't care. They don't even understand why do you want us to go pick up these survivors from this no podunk Gallifrey planet. They're, they're, it's not strategically important. We beat them. It's, you know, there's nobody here. And he's desperate for somebody. And then they show up and it's unsatisfying. This whole thing should have been a very nuanced, detailed character study of the master thing and why his brain works the way it works in allowing him to play off somebody. Yep. Whether it was the doctor or the other master. Well, that's and who that's, had been through this. Right. That's exactly it. And and I thought that that was exactly why the sec, uh, third story was set up the way that it was because this is a master that has ha- that has been in this situation and achieved this ultimate thing and yep. then yeah they 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 des- it's almost like because Briggs wrote the first one and the third one and I'm sure he plotted the course of this uh, entire box set but um uh, it escapes me who wrote the other Alan Barnes wrote Thank you. two and three. Alan Barnes wrote two and three, and it's almost like Barnes, as chaotic as his story was, sort of had an idea of where he could get a uh, foreshadowing to the fourth story, but apparently Briggs didn't bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it just, the, the, the whole thing hinges on the master, I, I hesitate to use the word learning a lesson, but yeah, that that's kind of what this story needed to do. Well, he, it, need, he needed that after school special moment. To, to be fair, it still tries to do that, but it goes about it the wrong way. Yeah. So in, instead of getting this very detailed, nuanced, wonderful character moment, we get a clunky, uh, the, look, the Daleks turned on him big surprise and then there's kind of an escape and 
oh, a crash and he doesn't really make it out and then a cliffhanger ending in the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just... It, 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 it's, it's not even a matter of what I wanted from it. It's just... It's what needed to happen. It, it really is just you, you. You can't do it this way because you 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 just you you robbed these characters of being these characters and made them into something else to serve this. Look what we did. We did Genesis of the Daleks, but to a different spin on it. Aren't we clever? And it's like no, no, you really weren't. You right. you kind of you kind of tainted the whole thing because it just doesn't work. And it's like, well, I give it full props for the ideas, but the execution was so poor. I still even almost recognize it themselves because the other master, Gatus' master, calls him out on not gloating over killing the doctor. That he did it from a distance. Yeah. When that's not something that the master should have done, he should have been there face to face to kill right. the master. Doctor. Oh, yeah, the doctor. Yeah. You're, you're pulling a glint. <laughs> it's just uh, oh frustrating and and to come on the heels of these other ones especially it was just like uh. <laughs> and like I said I'm trying to find positives yeah. uh, you know, the performances were great uh, Jacoby as usual uh, was great, Gatiss was great um Every time Jacoby cackles, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I really like His that. evil cackle just makes me laugh. I like that so much. He's so good at it. I will say I'm starting to wear a little thin on his uh, oh, poor little me routine. Um, but it's just because we're, we're, it's just because we're hearing it so frequently in a row. You know, at this point, that and people keep falling for it. And I'm just like, oh, here we go again. Like, oh dear, is that you know? And he, he's just this befuddled old man, and they keep falling for it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, cut <laughs> to the chase. Hurry up, kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I did like him zooming around in the uh, in the in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and again, on, on the big finish on the production end, the 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 sound effects and the the you know the prop department and everything, you know, it was all, all top notch across the board there. So, you know, that, that stuff's all great. And, um, I, I, we haven't really talked much about what's her name again. The, 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 the Marius. The Marius. Here's another one of these. It's a very, very interesting driven character mm -hmm. who, what exactly happened? It feels like she was just kind of written out at some point when they decided, yeah, we don't have room for her in part four. Well, she uh, in part three she got undone or something. She's the yeah. She's the she. It, it's set up at the very beginning. They they give us the incident where she uses the time torpedo, and because she's trying to save her wife and kid, right? And she gets reprimanded for it, and and you know it's it's obviously the ultimate sin because she's going to be, uh, what 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 do they call it? it wasn't undone. She was going to be. I don't know. She's going to be wiped out of existence. Dematerialized. That's what it was. She's going to be dematerialized. And so they set that up and and then they got away from it. And I almost had forgotten about it because then when they come back to her and they, it's like they felt like the story needed a renegade 
to go up against a renegade in the master, but we were trying mm-hmm. to manufacture that renegade rather than drawing from something that I think fans might have been more familiar with. Had they maybe had they you know procured the the Ronnie or or anybody else, the monk or somebody else that I think that they, but it felt like they were trying to manufacture that character. At least that's where it feels like they're going. But then things get so out of hand in the third story that yeah then she just becomes almost a an afterthought later from yeah. the, from the it, narrative i mean she's clearly they, they like, continue to use her but from in the narrative perspective she feels like an afterthought like she's just kind of there we we well, needed really, a, we needed a doctor but we needed an expendable one yeah yeah, yeah there you go cuz they went back at some point in the part three to before they sent her off and stop her from going and killing her right. essentially. Right. So it undoes a lot of part two also in part three. Which is again, the hypocrisy of the time Lords that you're, you, you, you can't rewrite time. Well, unless it's ours, in which case, you know, totally. <laughs> not only will I de-res you, I will de-res you and make sure that your family never happened. And, <laughs> you know, well, why would you do that? Because you threatened to rewrite history. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what sense does this make? Right. Makes about as much sense as American politics right now. That's what sense it makes. None. <laughs> I really appreciate it in part two when... um. <laughs> The masters, you know, they, they they give the context of trying to give us a retcon as to why they named the Khaleds, the Khaleds, and the Daleks, the Daleks, you know. And the one guy calls them out of, well, that's not actually backwards. Oh, it's it's the master that points it out. <laughs> no, somebody points it out to the master. And he's like, never mind that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because he tries yeah. to brush it off. That's right. He, he, yeah, he's totally yeah. like, you know, get it? And the guy's like. Well, because he uses he uses the 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 he uses, he uses Davros's backwards. name backwards, and it is actually backwards. Yeah, uh, but yeah. The, the fact that they call out the fact of Dalek isn't actually call it backwards. All right. <laughs> so, for the first time in my fan-related history with Doctor Who, I'm listening to this in the car. I just pulled into the garage. I get to that moment and I stop, and I'm spelling it out. Wait a minute! You didn't know that? And I went. Holy crap! It oh, is not that's that's for years that was a that was a that was a meta comment in that story because that's been a joke in fandom for years that oh it's Dalek backwards except for it's backwards and rearranged slightly you know and that's always yeah. you, you always add that on anagram yeah yeah and so uh, yeah that's I been a, always oh that's been a joke in fandom I'm surprised you I feel I feel like you've missed it you're not a fake fan. Fake fan. I'm a fake fan. Just kidding. (laughs) Bad fan. Yeah. I just always, I just always took it at face value without actually looking at the letters. But then again, you have to remember that I, you know, my Midwestern accent, I always pronounced it Darlac as well. So that's true. You put an R in there. I was, I was adding letters anyway. So yeah. No, my mind was quite blown by that. Huh. All right, well, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Oh, I probably should pull up the schedule. 
Well, more War Master, right? Yep, more War Master. Uh, this is the funny week, isn't it? We're doing uh, the very first one, and then uh, the last two of the uh, uh, Gallifrey, the first Gallifrey box set, the final two stories of it. That's right. what's next on the schedule. Hang on a second. Let me get to the thing here. Should have done this earlier. I forgot. Oops, where are you? There you are. Okay, so coming up next we have, believe it or not, more time war. Uh, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of the monstrosity with the War Master 1.1, uh, which is the first story from the first box set, Only the Good, Beneath the Viscoid. And then uh, we're going to do uh, the last two stories in the first Gallifrey box set, uh, which will be uh, The Devil You Know and Desperate Measures from Gallifrey Time War. And then uh, following that, we go right into Gallifrey Time War 2 and all four stories with that. And then uh, The War Master 6, all four stories of Killing Time. So... Much, much more as we navigate these choppy waters of the time war. <laughs> well, be sure to check up, check out our website, TravelingVortex.com, for updates on the podcast. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on a Patreon link on our website. Consider supporting us. Also, be sure to give us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. And make sure you join in the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else we need to cover before we close this one? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. No, thank you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.